you want to turn uh, to the book of Acts, chapter 1. I'm going to cover some verses there. The last standing order. The standing order is an instruction, prescribed procedure, in force permanently until the one in charge changes it. So God gave this standing order, this great commission, to his followers. And I'm going to read from verses 1 through 8. And uh, the former account I made, O Theophilus, all of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he had presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to, to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with the water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know that times or seasons of which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power from the ho- when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, to the end of the earth. That is the Great Commission, is known as the Great Commission. And so that is not just to them, it's also to us. So it's also recorded in, in different ways in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all the authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And go, therefore, and make disciples to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the book of Mark, chapter 16, he said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he said to them, this is thus it is written, thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. In the book of Luke, he writes uh, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all the nations in the beginning at Jerusalem. So what is this gospel? The gospel is the simple gospel. It's not complicated. You know, religions, they preach different things. They want to make disciples. And so... Uh, I, I heard one lady say to another uh, person they were trying to make uh, a disciple in the the uh, Jehovah's Witness Church, and they said that you have to study with them for three years. In Christ Jesus, you just have to have the sincere heart and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins and he rose on the third day according to the scriptures, and that is the simple gospel, to believe that and know it and live it. And so in the book of Romans, Chapter 10, Paul writes it for us. Chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, but for there is no distinct between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, so this is what we have done. So then 
do we want others to believe in Jesus Christ? Do we want others? This is a time of great trouble in the earth, and I think we should all be aware that it is a time of us to be more bold instead of uh, being on lockdowns, you know. I know it's difficult. I know it's difficult, but but I, God will make a way for you to speak and for you. He'll, he'll provide everything. So we should be encouraged that it is God who's going to do it, not us. But we have to be the vessels that God wants to use. If we say, use me, you'll be shocked at what God will do in your life. And so I want to just share uh, three different examples in the Bible of regular people. Maybe maybe you think they were special. Maybe you, I, I don't know where you're at in, in some of these guys. But they're regular people, just like us. They're people who wanted to uh, do God's will. And, and the first guy we have is a man of great faith. This guy had a lot of faith, you see. And so we're going to, you, you probably have read about, about this guy. His name is Jonah. So I'm going to turn to Jonah and uh, read some verses from there. So you're, you're saying, I know what you're saying. Jonah, a man of great faith? Jonah had great faith. That's why God called him. He believed in the power of God. Jonah's problem is that he was a respecter of persons. And, and maybe some of us have that thought that we don't like this person you know, God, Jesus Christ died for the whole world. And so so we know the story. I'm going to just par- paraphrase the story about Jonah. And so and I'll read some verses out of out of the Bible here. And so then in chapter one, it says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, arise and go to Nineveh, the great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it and and to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, that's his response to the calling. We we should examine our hearts and see if that's our response at times. When God is, I, I've been there when God's saying, go talk to that person. And I... We're afraid to be rejected, right? This wasn't Jonah's problem. He wasn't afraid to be rejected. He just didn't like the people that God sent him to. See, and, and so he was a respecter of persons. He he hated these people, you know. But but we should know that if God is not willing that any should perish, then that should be our heart too. You see, it would, maybe maybe there's people you don't like, but God loves them, and and so sometimes God calls us to those places where people have done us wrong. And that's what was happening with Jonah. These, these Assyrians had been evil. They were the most evil. It talks about their wickedness, you see. But Jonah remembered all that. And he didn't want them to be saved. But he was a great man of faith, believing, you see. So if you, if you go down to, to uh, chapter 3, so, so you guys know the story that Jonah ran away and then the boat was going to go under. And then uh, the, the people on the boat, they wanted Jonah to pray, call to his God. And he knew why. So then he said, throw me overboard, throw me overboard, right? And a, God prepared a big fish to swallow him up. And thank God he's not preparing any fish for us to be swallowed up when we disobey, right? Because 
there's not enough fish, you know. So, so in ver- chapter 3, it says, it's, it tells us about this man's faith. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to, the, to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, For forty days, and cried out for forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So he's warning. In the Old Testament, they would warn about God's wrath. Now, the, let's see the response of these people. So the people of Nineveh believed, in, believed God, proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. So they believed. And so here's what Jonah already knew. If you go down to verse 10, it says, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil ways, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord, and he said, Oh, oh Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fed Fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant for in loving kindness and one who relents from doing harm. See, Jonah had the faith that God could save. He just didn't like the people that God wanted to save. So the heart was wrong, and our heart has to be right. You know, if, if since two years ago when all this happened, this is the greatest message that God has been giving me is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to whoever I run into. And it's been difficult. You have a mask on. You have this. But we're supposed to go out and give it the shot that God tells us to do. Because if God is telling me to do that, I believe he's putting it in the hearts of many people. You know, do you know anybody who you want to Come to Christ? I know a whole bunch of people. People I've been praying for for 30 years. And God's going to do something. He's going to open a door. So we see that Jonah's heart was wrong, but God still was faithful. God still was faithful. You'll be surprised at what God will do when someone answers with a willing heart. You'll be shocked. You'll be amazed. After all, you know, someone stepped out in faith, and spoke the gospel to you, right, to us. So God's saving grace, right? He, you know, maybe sometimes we're, we're embarrassed of the gospel. Maybe sometimes we think we're going to get rejected. And, and the Apostle Paul wrote in chapter 1 of Romans, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation, every one that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So here is Paul's heart that, you know, it should be our heart to preach the gospel, live out the gospel, you know, to everybody we know, everybody we see. And God is not a respecter of persons. You know, he he died for everyone. And so the next person I want to share with you is uh, an evangelist, Philip the evangelist. So as we we know that Jonah ran away, this guy runs too. But he runs towards the message so if you go to uh, Acts chapter 8, if you want to follow. Acts 
So, so then they're preaching the gospel all, all in, in Jerusalem like God told them. And so in, in Acts chapter 8, we see that what, what Philip responds, how he responds. And so in verse 25, it says, So when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. So they're very successful preaching to all these villages and everybody is responding to the word of God. You know, you, you'll be amazed when, when we look at people and we think, no, they're not going to accept the Lord. That's, that's my, my eyes, right? But God's eyes are different. You know, I used to go out on, on uh, every once a, once a week, I used to go out to the streets and uh, share the gospel with people. And we got to the place and uh, we getting out of the car, and the guy I was with, he says, how about those girls over there? And there was these two young ladies there, about 15, 16, and they were dressed in that gothic black that was popular a while back. And I looked at them, and I said, yeah, let's go over there. But I, in my heart, I thought they were going to reject us, you know. And I went over there, and it was so simple, so simple. And what we learned later is that these two girls were talking about committing suicide, you see? So... God brought us there to share the word with them, and they accepted the Lord right there. So shocked. I was shocked because in my heart I thought, you know, it was going to fail. But God is not like a man, see. He don't see what I see. He can see all the way from one end to the other. So you'll be shocked at what God can do. So continuing verse uh, 26, And now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, Go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot. And he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him. And heard him reading the prophet Isaiah, and he said, do you understand what you are reading? So here we have the opposite of Jonah. This Jonah runs away. This guy runs. I don't know if you could outrun a chariot. Maybe it was going slow. But he ran after it. He obeyed God. This is a guy who had been preaching in the villages to many people, and God takes him to preach to one person. It doesn't really make sense to us. But you see, God has a plan that he doesn't always let us know this eunuch was took this message after he received it back to Ethiopia who knows how many people got affected and so this eunuch had come to Jerusalem he had been a converted to Judaism and he had been in church listening to the word but yet he didn't did not receive Christ because he didn't understand so maybe there's one person that God wants you to explain the gospel to you. Maybe there's a person that that's all that's missing, that they just need a little bit of understanding. And everyone in here can give that understanding. So we know that in verse 35, and Philip opened his mouth and began at the scripture, preach Jesus to him. You see, the guy didn't understand Isaiah 53. A lot of Jewish people still don't understand it, that it was talking about Jesus Christ suffering and dying for our sins. And so he preached Jesus to him. 
And in verse 39, they, they saw, now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so the eunuch saw him no more and went much, when the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found, and as Zotus passing through, and he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. That's where he ended up. You see, he, he believed. He said, what, what can I do? He, he, ta- he told him that all you have to do is believe on Jesus Christ. And then he got baptized. In those days, they would baptize immediately uh, after they received the Lord. So the two, the two men here both accomplished God's will, even one who was not willing, you see? So maybe sometimes we're not willing, but God is still faithful, and he will get it done. So, and so the, the, the next guy I want to talk to you about is, is uh, the Apostle Paul, Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was, was the persecutor of the church, of the early church. He went from a persecutor of the church to the ambassador of Jesus Christ. And that's, some of us understand that. Maybe we were enemies of God. All of us were at one time, but maybe one was a real hardcore enemy of God. And God would take that person and make them into an ambassador. All of us have been called to ambassadors, to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? That means we represent God. We represent Jesus. When we go out, we represent Jesus Christ. So how are we doing in that? How are we doing? I know I'm the first one to say, fallen many times, but never giving up, you know, because even though I fail, God will never fail. So the Apostle Paul, he, he was on his way to persecute the Jews, I mean the believers in Damascus, and God in the, in the middle of the day presented himself, and the first thing that Paul said after he was blinded is he said, what do you want me to do? Is that my response, it should be, what do you want me to do? So this guy, he was on fire. He caught a fire for, for Jesus Christ. This guy was the one who planted all the churches. I mean, he never stopped. He never stopped until he got beheaded. And so an example of the zeal that this guy had would be in Acts. I'll read it in Acts chapter 14. After uh, the Judaizers came against him and they stoned him and they thought they killed him in acts chapter 14 verses 19 and 20 says then the jews from antioch and iconium came there having persuaded the multitudes they stoned paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead in verse 20 it says however when the disciples gathered around him he rose up and he went into the city and the next day he departed with barnabas to derby now how many of us would get a few rocks thrown at us would go back to the place where it happened. This is this is the heart that God wants us to have to to evangelize the people. I mean, you don't have to go places like Paul. God will bring people to you. You know, God knows where you work. He knows where you live. So it, God knows everything. So you don't have to worry about going somewhere. He'll bring someone to you. Now, Paul was just the guy that went everywhere. So Paul's heart was to spread the good news every, to everyone he ran into. You guys know that he was in prison in Acts chapter 16? And, and, and so the, the, they started worshiping in the prison, and they were in the, in the middle of the prison, locked up, and they, him and Silas started worshiping God. 
singing hymns, and then a great earthquake came, and they were set free. But they didn't run away. So in Acts chapter 16, verse 30, it says, And they brought them out and, and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So this was the jailer. This was the jailer who, who the, the jailer uh, saw that the prisoners were loose, and he thought, well, he knew that his penalty for letting them go would be death. So he's, he's going to kill himself. But Paul tells him, no, don't do it, you see. And then he, he says, and he asked the question, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what, what must I do to be saved? I think that people want Jesus Christ. They just need to know a little bit more. They, they, they want to know what they must do to be saved. And so maybe God's going to put you somewhere so you can explain that. And so in 1631, it says, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, and you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were, who were in his house. So his whole house got saved, you know. And, and this is what God wants to do in the, peop- in the lives of the people. But he's calling us. I mean, he chose us to give out the word of God, the salvation message. And so you could give it out in word, like here, or you could live it out, and someone's going to see your life, and someone's going to desire what you have. They're going to ask themselves a question. Why does this person have so much peace that I want this peace? And so everything that we do, if you, if you come in here and vacuum this carpet, it's all geared to spread the good news. You know, It's all cont- a contribution to spread the good news for this church to go out and spread the good news. When people go on these mission trips, the deeds that they do, it's to spread the gospel. It's so people could know, hey, they're coming because of Jesus Christ. You know, this is the reason why they come. Because Jesus, they're, they're obeying the commandment to go out and spread the good news. So we could go to the ends of the world, and we could go across the street to your neighbor to whoever you meet. And, uh, you know, God has made a liar out of me a bunch of times when I said, no, that person won't receive, but then all they need is someone to tell them. So you think you can't, and you're correct. Remember that the Lord is the one doing it. The Lord is the one doing it. He He's also not a respecter of persons. He's just looking for the vessels that are willing to to be used. So... We shouldn't think highly of the people, of men. We're just men. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 through 7, it says, Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, neither he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Paul knew who was really working in him. You see, It's God who's doing it. We're just the ones that we ask to be used. If you ask to be used, even just a little bit, you'll you'll be blown away by what God will do in your life. And so, and Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, he says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. The necessity 
has been laid upon all of us. I would say, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to someone I meet, you know. It, it's, it's a, that person needs to hear, and what they, how they respond really is in our business, you know. They're rejecting Jesus. They're not rejecting you. Your job is just to give out the good news. And Paul says it, you know, that woe to him. That he, the necessity has been laid. The urgency has been put in my heart to preach the good news to whoever I meet. You know, so there was a there was a uh, a day. There was some days in my life when uh, years ago when I I couldn't go to the streets because I was watching my little grandson. He was about two years old, and my my son would go to work around ten o'clock, so I had to be home by ten. So I couldn't go, and I was I was. Uh, at the park working out, and I was praying, and I was saying, Lord, what am I, you know, I, I have this, this desire to, to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. So then as I got home, my neighbor was waiting in the driveway, and she's, she's like, I'm thinking like, okay, what does she want? She always wants something, you know. So she says, well, look, I, I have a, 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 some relative, and he's trying to learn English. He's Chinese, and... Uh, I was wondering if he could come to your house and you could practice with him English. And I was thinking how I would tell her no. And, and then the Lord, I could hear the Lord saying, you tell her, tell her yes. So I said, okay, Sunday, tomorrow, today, Saturday or whatever day, come on Sunday, bring him so I could meet him. And so the guy would come twice a week to my house. And, and so I asked him, is it okay if we read the Bible? You know, and, and, and he said, yeah, just reading the Bible, you know. And so we started reading the Bible, and I would translate it for him a little bit and explain it to him. And uh, nothing was happening. It didn't seem like anything was happening. And uh, he would say every now and then he would say, well, I'm not going to become a Christian. I'm a Buddhist. I was born a Buddhist, my whole life a Buddhist. And I said, yeah, that's fine. We're just going to keep reading. And so we kept on meeting for several months, and I was pray, pray every time he would come. I would pray before, and I would say, Lord, nothing's happening with this guy, you know. And one day he came, and he had a great big smile, and he said, I have become a Christian. So I never told him to accept the Lord. I just read the scriptures. But I didn't know he was going home and checking them out, you see. And he himself accepted the Lord Jesus Christ just by that, by me saying, yes, I'll, I'll, read, I'll help you with your English. And so one of his friends came from China, and he told him, I've, I've, I've accepted, I'm a Christian now. And the guy told him, how? How, how? how did this happen? He says, I don't know. All I know is when my teacher's talking, something's going on in me. You see, the spirit of the living God is the one doing it. And so this guy, this was many years ago, he's still, you know, we, when I see him, he's grateful. And I had said, no, I wouldn't do it, right? So you could see what God will do with a little bit of a push. And God is so faithful, you know. And the last thing this guy ever thought was that he was going to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And so it was around that time when we would go to Cambodia, and he was praying for me when I went to Cambodia, you know. So it's a real, it was a real conversion, you know. And I'll just share that with you to, to show then God will be faithful if we step out in faith. So then, 
2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the gospel, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. And so it's always the season, right? It's always the season. So maybe you're still thinking, well, you know, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You know, um, it's not my thing, you know. So, so what, what should you do? What can you do? So you can, you can tell people what God has done for you. You could start there. You could tell people, and some of you guys, you, you have people will see because they, they used to know you, right? They used to know how you were. They'll see that you're changed, that it's not, it's not a temporary thing. But you can start there. You can tell them what Jesus Christ has done for you. So, so uh, you, you know, you, you pray and you ask God to move in, in your life, and he'll show you what to say, show you what to do. And so I want to give you a couple of examples of that in John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, it's the, the, the story about the woman at the well. And this lady, you know, she would go get the water in the middle of the day because she was an outcast. She was an outcast. She, wasn't, she didn't have any friends, and Jesus met her there, and she was a Samaritan woman, and Jesus uh, shared the word with her, and she saw that this was not an ordinary man. But in, if you go to verse 27, it, it tells you, it tells us what her response is, you know. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled, and he talked with the woman, that he, that, that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, what do, you, what, do you, what do you seek, or why are you talking with her? And the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the, to the men, come and see the man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came to him. In the meantime, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. See, the disciples, they, they didn't get it. They're trying to get Jesus to eat. And she just ate of the bread of life. And she went immediately to tell people. So all of us could do that. All of us can share what Jesus Christ has done for us. Even the, even the person who, who had it all together knows that Jesus has done something great in your life. He, he took us from going into the fire, took us out, you know. And some of you guys, you, you were uh, in a bad place. But Jesus was faithful to, his, to him who asked that Jesus come into my life. So then another example is in Mark chapter 5. So this is the man who had the legion of demons. You know, Jesus went to the other side, and uh, this guy runs to Jesus, recognizing something, that this is, this is not an ordinary man. But anyway, uh, to paraphrase it, he, he cast out this legion of demons from this guy. This guy was living in the, the tombs, cutting himself. You know, nobody, they would tie him up. Nothing could hold him. You know, he was possessed with no hope. He had nothing. You know, no friends, nothing. Nobody could be around him. And, and so his response after Jesus saves him is in Mark chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but he said to him, Go home 
to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in the capitalist all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. So all of us could do that. All of you guys have been uh, rescued. And you can tell other people how Jesus rescued you. And that will lead you to to uh, the gospel, the gospel message. There's nothing more important than someone receiving Jesus Christ. W- would you guys agree with that? There's nothing more important than that. We could fix everything in a person that's wrong with them, and they still go to hell. You see? They'll be, you know, well, healthy, going to the wrong destination. But maybe... God is calling us as individuals to to give out this good news in, in, in this time of trouble that um, uh, we're seeing. And uh, if you expect things to get better, then I'll be the bearer of bad news. It probably won't, but it will get more than better for that person who receives Jesus Christ. It'll be beyond measure. And we all have family members. We all have friends. We all have enemies. Do you want them to receive Jesus? So so maybe, you know, you still think, well, what, what am I to do? Well, all of us can pray, right? All of us can pray. So what are we going to pray? We're going to pray that the Lord of the harvest, that the harvest is ready, that the Lord of the harvest will send out the laborers. But he might send you out. You might be called to be a laborer. And so the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 6 of Isaiah, when, they were, when the Godhead was speaking and saying, who will go for us? And Isaiah said, I'll go. Send me. He didn't ask where. He didn't ask about the details. He just said, send me. So if we have that attitude and that heart, send me, you'll be shocked at what God can do. You'll be totally blown away at what God will do with a willing person if he could save the wicked city of Nineveh 120,000 people with an unwilling participant then imagine what he could do with somebody who has a fire like the apostle Paul so not special people but a special God a powerful God who, who we know We don't understand how he sent his only begotten son that we could all be saved and we have this great treasure that we have in us. Imagine that we would hide that treasure. We would want to give it out to everybody. And I understand. I've been rejected a whole bunch of times. But they're not rejecting me. But even when they reject, you don't know what happens after. You don't know what God does after. The words... They're in there. You don't know. The the person who witnessed to me, he never saw me receive the Lord because we were in one place. We were in, in Kentucky, and he used to tell me every day about Jesus Christ, and I didn't understand. A year later, it all came into my mind what the guy was saying, and then I accepted the Lord. So you never know how far God's word is going to go. You just be, we just need to be obedient to what God is calling us to do. 
and, and be ready in season and out of season to share the greatest news. The greatest news. There is no other news under heaven. You could get a new, great news about anything, and it's okay. But this is the greatest news that has ever came down you know, from heaven to earth. And so just an encouragement, guys, that we're in the day of trouble, but it won't be any trouble for that person to get saved. Maybe, perhaps, God wants to use us. The weak things, God says, I'm going to use the weak things. So who could be glorified? So Jesus could get glorified. To him be all the glory and all the honor and all the praise.